We're uh, continuing on in our, our series, Gospel-Powered Love, and we've been talking about that for the past uh, few weeks, loving like Jesus, loving the world, loving our neighbors, loving the lost, all about how we love and how, how all these great ways of loving people, we've got some great tips, some different ways of displaying Jesus, and that's the mark of a, of a believer is that, that you love them. And so I don't know about you, I'm, I'm a people person, I love people, but even when you're just loving people all the time, uh, even for Jesus, it gets kind of exhausting. Am I right? I mean, it's just, it's tiring, and they don't always respond how you want them to respond. Sometimes they're not appreciative of your love at all, and it's just, it's just exhausting. You've got to deal with all the different things, and so some days I just don't want to, and I'm like, haven't I done enough today, God? I, I don't want to love any more people. <laughs> you ever feel that way? So let me, let, me paint a, let me paint a typical day. So this is how it starts for me. I'm, you know, I'm in bed, middle of the night, and uh, all of a sudden, sometime in the middle of the night, my, my youngest, Oliver, comes padding in the room, and, and then, you know, he lays up next to me and, you know, went to my body heat or something. So he's just all there, and, you know, you, you can't really, you know, turn and, and, and get comfortable because you don't want to wake him up. It's not too bad. I just turn away from him, and he cuddles up, and that's ah, not too bad. Uh, but, then, but then Archer comes in a couple a couple hours later, and, and he gets on the other side with that little space between me and the edge of the bed. And so now I've got two, and now it's like you're just laying there like, I can't move. I love them. I do. I really do love them. I just, I just went sleep. And so it starts there, and then I get, you know, in my car, I'm going to work. And on the way to work, you know, someone cuts you off, right? And, of course, you probably all respond like I do. I go, no, please, after you. Go on ahead. You've got to get there first. It's okay, you know, and you gotta, that's just how you have to respond, right? And then I get to work, and there's a coworker there, and, and you know, she always talks, you know, stories about what's going on in her life, and uh, if I'm honest, I'm just not interested. Um, <laughs> but I just, I feel like I have to listen. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, she's always talking about something that's, just, I don't know. And then I, I get a voice when I'm at work, and I'm on my way home, and I listen to it. And so for my small group, I love my small group. And but somebody needs help moving, and it's like, yeah, let's go help. You know, we should probably do that. Didn't we just move them six months ago? But let's love, let's love the people, right? <laughs> and I drive into my, my driveway, and my neighbor's outside, and he wants to tell me that story about the, the glory days of high school football where they made this big pass. And I listen again, and I listen mostly because I want to be able to tell him about Jesus later. And, and I just think, is that how it's supposed to be? I'm not sure that's how it's supposed to be, but, you know, I, I'm going to go inside. My wife is going to love me. She's going to give me some attention. Now it's time to get some attention. And so I go in, and uh, the kids are going berserk. All three of them are go going crazy. She's like, can you play with them so I can finish dinner? And, of course, one of them runs up, jumps up, starts screaming in my ear about whatever. And then, so that's okay. I can't focus on that because another one comes running and plows into my gut. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, daddy's home. I'm excited, but I can't really focus on him because there's a third one unaccounted for. And so I'm just looking around, just waiting for the next thing to happen. We call him the monkey. He drops on me from the ceiling fan and tumbles, and we all go tumbling to the ground. Of course, I say, oh, you precious little angels. <laughs> Let me tell you how Jesus loves you. It's just hard. People just, I mean, they're pulling you in all these different directions. And if I'm honest, you know, I, I want to do it. I want to be propelled outward, but I'm not always sure it's gospel-powered love. So can I be honest here? I mean, is this a safe place? Is this a safe place? Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I have a friend. I really have nothing in common with this friend. But I'm a f I hang out with him basically because 
I want to say I was a good friend like Jesus. Is that nuts? I have a, I have a friend that they're married, and I, I really care about this, 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 this couple. And, but it seemed like I was the only person that would talk to about what's going on in their marriage. And I was happy to help because I loved them. But if I was honest, I really wanted to be the one that gave them that tool for their marriage. That was more my driving force of love. I mean, is that horrible? Don't judge me. And I want to share the news of people. Christ compels me, and I've shared with lots of people. But I, got, I can remember, if I'm honest, at least two times that I shared Jesus with them, mostly just so I could be the one to lead them to Christ. I mean, is that wicked? But here's what I do know. I can take anything good and make it wicked. But he can take everything wicked and make it good. Amen? So how does he do that here? We're talking about gospel power love. Where is the power? Where is the power? If there is a power source, we would need to protect it from attack. The Bible warns us how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what's the power source? What's the thing we have to tap into and protect? It's kind of like this was an animated superhero movie. Can you tell I got three boys? There would be this evil villain with a diabolical plan to steal the power source. <laughs> right? So what's the power and how do we protect it? So this is the final step of this series, but in some ways it's the prequel. Where does it all start? So let's dive in, but before we do, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that we can be here today to explore what you would have for us to keep that gospel power love alive. How to make it about you and not ourselves. And Lord, I, I pray that you just deliver whatever it is that we need to hear so we can keep the power alive and not make it about ourselves. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm a, I'm a visual guy. I'm a few visual guys, so I'm going to tell a story. And actually, the story I'm going to tell is about you. So you're driving to work, and you're usually, you know, usually pretty good at obeying all the traffic laws, but today, I mean, you're just running behind, so you're going real fast. I mean, real fast. And you're driving, and, you know, people from work are texting you, so you're getting distracted, and you enter a school zone. You don't even know you enter a school zone, and the speed limit drops even further. So now you're going extremely fast, and next thing you know, to your horror, you hit a kid in a crosswalk in a school zone going like way, way over the limit. I mean, this is terrible. This is bad. You feel bad for the kid. And they're like, how could you do this? Totally irresponsible. They take you off to jail. And so you're sitting in the jail cell awaiting for, for trial and word gets out that the kid didn't make it. You feel horrible, right? You didn't mean to do this. And you're thinking, well, I'm basically a good person and everything's going to come down to this one moment. My life is going to be defined by this one thing. And so you're just real nervous heading to court. And you get to court, and you're sitting there, and the bailiff says, all rise. And you look at the door of the judge's chambers, opens up, and the judge walks out. And you're like, oh, boy, this is my lucky day. Because the judge on duty today is your dad. And you say, how did I get so lucky? My dad is on duty. He always has a plan. He'll figure something out. So all the testimony piles up. It was clear you did it. Tons of witnesses. You know you did it. You feel horrible about it. And it comes down. Verdict's coming up, and you're like, okay, what, what's he going to do here? And the verdict's read, and it's guilty. 
you're not surprised, you're a little shaken up, but you're like, my dad always has a plan, he's going to figure out a way. And so it's time to read the sentence, and he says, well, you need to have a punishment for this crime, you did do it. And so because of your crime, your sentence is life in jail without parole. And so you're, you're, you're waiting for some sort of loophole, right? Some trick, and he's going to figure this out, maybe like downgrade a community service forever or something. But then the gavel bangs down, boom, and it's done. And the bailiff starts taking you away. And you're just overwhelmed, and you look at your dad, and you said, I thought you were going to waive my crime. And he looks at you and says, I'm the judge. I'm, I'm just and fair. That's, that's what I do. And you look at him and you go, but, but I thought you loved me. And that's when he looks at you, gets up off his lofty bench, comes down, starts to take off his robe and says, I do love you. And that's why I'm going to take your place. That's why I'm going to serve your sentence for you. At this point, the relief that you feel is overwhelmed by the pure horror of what's going to happen to your dad now. And you're like, you can't take my place. You did nothing wrong. And the bailiff is pulling your dad out of the room now. And your dad looks at you with loving tears filling his eyes. And he says, sweetie, it's already done. Now be free. If this, if this happened to you, I mean, you would be overcome with gratefulness, right? I mean, I can't believe you did this. What would you say to the team? I'm going to visit you every day. I'll be there every day, Dad. I'm going to come see you. And that that would probably happen at first. How long do you think that would go until that didn't happen? I mean, would you make it a year? Month? I mean, we we get busy, and life would happen, we get distracted, and, you know, we go to see Dad, we're like, hey, hey, sorry, I haven't been around, I've been, you know, he's like, it's okay, I'm just glad you're here. No, 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 I've been, I've been, I've been working on some really cool stuff. I mean, there's, there's this thing, I I mean, look at this, what I'm doing, he's like, oh, that's, that's, I'm just, I'm just actually glad you're here. Our visits would get less and less, and then we'd do things we weren't proud of, and we're like, well, we gotta make our life count, because Dad took my place, and we, you know, feel shameful about it, we're like, if we can work up just enough, and when I get this figured out, then I'll go visit Dad and I'll tell him what happened. And I'm like, yeah, look what I did. And he's like, I just, I just want to see you. We start to feel obligated. Our visits would probably get a little more drier, a little more drier. I mean, does this sound familiar at all? When we visit our dad, I mean, does this sound like a gospel-powered love relationship? Well, let me, let me give you another illustration. This might be easier because you probably haven't hit a kid in a crosswalk. Have you? Okay. This might be easier to picture. You ever had one of those, like, terrible head colds, you know, like where it's like all up in your face and it's, you're gunked up and you're like talking like this and it's like, uh, all this stuff is happening, you know what I'm talking about? And you're just like, I would give anything if this is gone, you know, because it just drives your whole head. Everything is like focused on that. You're like, anything, I would give anything, I'll, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, pray. I'll pray, I'll pray all the time, you know, this is, this has got to go, you know what I'm talking about? It's like one of those things. And then you have that moment where you wake up that first day and you're like, oh, I can breathe. 
Today's, oh, this is great. Columbus air is so fresh and beautiful. I love it. And the birds are singing. It's like, this is great. Thank you, Jesus. And every breath, you're just like, this is amazing. Well, how long does it take until breathing is just normal again? It's just something you do. Just breathe in and breathe out. I mean, everything starts a little grateful, but then somewhere along the way, we shift the focus, right? I mean, it's just natural. A lot of things coming up. And it shifts away from what our dad did to what we have not done. And he's not saying these things when we visit. We've convinced ourselves that we're the center of the story and it matters what we do. Are you in that spot? This is the message that he told us. If you haven't pulled out your outline of that yet, pull this out. Because there is a, a very simple yet powerful phrase in the Bible. And it's found in John 19. And this is after Jesus had been beaten, he'd been mocked, he'd been spit upon, he'd been whipped to an inch of his life, crown of thorns put on him, humiliated. And he's hanging on a cross for something he hadn't done. And he's hanging there, I mean, inches away from giving up his spirit. And he utters, right before he passes, utters this final phrase. And this is what he says. It is is finished it is finished it is done everything is accomplished you weren't even around you had nothing to offer you didn't bring anything and said look what i made my life about it is done it is finished look at this verse in ephesians 2 it's on your notes this passage ephesians 2 if you want to turn to it in your device 4 through 9 but god being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, hadn't done nothing, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So the power source has nothing to do with you. Praise God. Yet we just, we just naturally want to make it about what we can achieve, what we can do, and he gives us this warning. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one would boast. Grace alone, so you can't get distracted. So you can't get distracted away from him about what you can do, what you can accomplish, because he's done it all. We, we, we don't want to move from basically a good person to basically a good self-made Christian. That's not what we want, right? We don't want to be good. We don't want to look at what we have accomplished. We want to be grateful. Look at what he has done. That's the response he wants from us. So the power in gospel-powered love is him that is finished. He has done it all. See, he wants us to be free. In that freedom, he set us free. He took our place in that jail cell. He took our place so we could be free, not so we can say, look what I've done with that life that you gave me, but so you can thank him more and more, love him more and more, not love ourselves. Galatians 5.1 says, for freedom he has set us free. Not so we can continue to have guilt 
or obligation or shame or any of these things to burden us down. I was, I was, I was working on this in a Panera a couple weeks ago. I don't listen to the radio much, but I had like iTunes radio on. And as I was writing some of these words down, everything I was writing down was like coming in my ears. I'm like, what's this song? I'm listening to it. And this song, I think, amazingly captures this. And so I want to play it for you uh, today. The words will be on the screen. Will you just pay attention to those words? There's some powerful words, um, many of those straight from the Bible. Just kind of let that soak in. And listen, it's one of those songs you might want to just get up and dance to. You know, it's like, just don't feel like you've got to stay all like rigid. We're watching the video. You know, just, just feel it, okay? Feel it and read those words. And then I'll, I'll pop back up here, okay? Let's watch this. I love what it says there. There'll be days I lose the battle, but grace says it doesn't matter. Because the cross already won the war. I'm learning to run freely, understand just how he sees me, and it makes me love him more and more. See, the power to love each other, to love the world, love the lost, love our neighbors, all this activity in the name of Jesus, it's truly from that sacrificial love the cross has won the war. What he did for us, not what we can do for him. Sometimes we get that mixed up, right? Here at church, we get that mixed up. It's not our pursuit of living it out. It's not, I think this is what we end up doing. We say, okay, we need to believe, and when we believe, we need to start doing. But I think when we do that, we, we, we skip a very important step. See, it's believe, live freely. And then out of that gratefulness, out of that impact, then do. But see, if we just believe and start going, well, we might just leave what we believe. Instead of letting it sink in and saying, if he's done it all, if he's done everything, and I'm free, there's nothing I, not, nothing I have to do. No, nothing. Well, let me do. Then we start to understand how he sees us. Otherwise, that power source is gone if we just start running and doing. I believe extreme gratefulness, it does propel us to want to do something, right? I mean, if we really get it. I mean, picture us back at that jail cell. Hey, Dad, thanks for everything you did. I, man, oh, this is so good. Hey, what can I do? Oh, nothing, nothing. It's, I'm done. I'm, I'm in here. I, I did it for you. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, but there's got to be something I can do. Can I do, can I do something? Well, well it's, it's, all, it's all been accomplished. I know, but I'm just, I'm so grateful. It's just... I gotta, I gotta get it out here. What? I mean, isn't there something? He goes, well, well, there's one thing, but I, I don't know if you're ready. No, 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 no. Tell me. Well, all right, all right. Well, you know, you know that I love you, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that I gave up everything because of you, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well. I didn't just do it for you. See, I, I, I did it for everybody. And I, I need them to know. And so you could tell them, but, but you could tell them only if you keep it about me and not make it about you. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians 5 with me. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 15, uh, 18 through 20. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, we've been entrusted to carry the message. So if you want to do something out of gratefulness, deliver the message. That's different than being the deliverer, right? He's the deliverer. We just deliver the message out of gratefulness. What can we do? We'll carry this message because those reconciled to God represent Christ. See, our life represents Christ. Our life, what he's done for us is our ministry, not the actions that we do. We have a ministry of reconciliation. The fact that we were once here and now we're here, that is our ministry. Not all the actions that go after the fact. Does that make sense? And I was talking to a friend. I was telling him about, you know, hey, what, what her father has done. And he's a good brother. And I said, if, you're, if your dad took your place, wouldn't you want to tell everyone? And his answer surprised me. He was like, no. I'm like, what? Because he said, then I would have to tell them what I had done. That makes sense. God, see, he uses our story, our mess, our sin, not our perfection. I mean, the impact of my life isn't walking around like a religious know-it-all. You know the time, look what I do. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Sorry if I offended you if you're here. Um, <clears throat> it's not about living hypocritical. It's not because I appear perfect in my words and my action. It's from the messy junk that I had, that I represent Christ. It's my story of here's where I was without him and I couldn't do anything except for him. That is the message of reconciliation. What he's doing through me, your mess shows off his love. And this culture, we use that word sin, it's just getting more and more tricky, right? No one likes to talk about the sin, not even us, Christians. But sacrificial love needs something to replace. So we can't have grace if we don't have sin. We can't talk about grace if we don't talk about our sin. It's not appealing to anybody. We don't live out that message of re reconciliation. Say, just look how good God is. What's he good? He's good because I'm grateful for what he's done for me. That makes sense? It's hard. It's scary to talk about your mess and your junk and all what's going on in your life. But here's what I do know. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8. Powerful. It's a powerful passage. I would commit this to memory. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear. Not of fear. But of power, love, and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. See, gospel power love is fueled by the sacrifice in our place. We have to share that. That's, that's our ministry. I had, a, I had a spot where I, had, I couldn't get out. I was there. I was charged with life in jail. Here's where I was. Here's what I did. I hit a kid or whatever it is. This is what I've done. I had no other way except for Christ, what he did in my place. 
And now I know what love is. Now I know what gratefulness is. Now I know what grace is. What I couldn't accomplish on my own, it is finished. Now I'm free. That freedom allows the power of the gospel to flow. So don't be surprised. If more and more you think about this, more and more you dwell on this, more and more you believe this, it's going to make you want to do. Not to be good, but to be grateful. And I, I had a friend ask me this uh, recently. They said, you know, it seems like they've been challenging us a lot at church to like, you know, it's been heavy on like, sir, you know, serve, you, know, you need to give, you need to, you know, do these things and and the pastoral team here knows the response to participate is an indicator. Yes, yes, I'm free, but can I? Yes, I'm free, but can I? And if we're not doing that, if we don't say, out of this overflow, I, I don't know what else to do. Can I participate? Can I give? Can I serve? What can I do? I got to do something. Well, it's all done. But let's live out this ministry of this reconciliation. So Stepping into it is sometimes the best thing that helps us confirm what we believe too. We don't want to twist it around. We don't make it about what we can accomplish, but we need to step into it and say, I, I believe what he did and I want to respond. I want to do something about it. You know, I get, I get saddened sometimes when I don't see the overflow. You know, you have your friends and you're just like, you say you believe this, but uh, come on. I mean, if you're grateful, I can, I can breathe better. This is amazing. Something will change, right? I get sad when I hear about, you know, we don't have enough ministry workers to teach children about Jesus here. Like, oh, man, we don't have enough people to, to overflow. What can I do? Or, or we talk about the giving and the, and the budget and things are down. It's like, are, are we living out of this overflow? Are we saying, I'm so great, but what can I do? I serve, can I give, can I jump on the serve fest, what we're doing? Not because I'm obligated, not because I have to, not because i got to earn something, but man, is there anything I can do, Lord? What can I, what can I, what can I? belief inspires movement. Now, heart change makes us want to do something. If I told you right now, if I said, hey, um, guys, uh, the, bu the building's on fire. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's finish celebration. Yeah, cool. We'll make our way out at some point. I wouldn't say you believe me, right? If I said the building's on fire, you're like, the building's on fire, let's go. Let's do something. So if we're, if we're responding today, and this is, this is how I think, okay? If we're responding today, you might be in one of, one of three different kind of spots. One, you might have never believed before in that sacrifice, the fact that you had no other way out. There's nothing you could do. And that he said, I, I want to stand in your place. I've done it all. Just believe. Believe I've done it all and live. Be free. That's you. If you've never believed what that means, I would, I would love to talk to you about that. There are people here who love to talk about and tell you what that means, but respond today. He wants that. He wants you. He wants that relationship with you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I, I believe he's done it all. Yep, and I'm living freely. <laughs> but there's no response. There's no gratefulness being lived out. Because you're like, well, I'm free. I'm free to do whatever. I'm going to stay here. Huh? And you talk like that too. Huh? <laughs> Maybe not living out of that gratefulness. I want to encourage you. Activate. Be that testimony. Your life 
is your ministry. As we live out that love, as Steve talked about the first week, that's the marker of a Christian. As they see the love things that you do, as you love people, as you give, serve, out of the abundance, out of all the expressions of what can I do, I just want to step into it because I'm grateful, because I'm free, I do more, not less. Don't make it about obligation. But maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, ah, yeah, I've been living free, but I need to activate. I need to do something so other people can see. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're in this spot where you're one of those doers. I just do, 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 do. I'm I'm distracted by the do. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Because I got some sort of guilt from something in the past. Or maybe it's because I don't feel like I've actually been forgiven of everything. And so I just got to work my way. I got to be that guy who just says, look what I did. Look what I did with that life you gave me. Here it is. Here it is, God. Maybe that's you. You didn't let that go. You didn't let that go because you've forgotten what it's all about. And it's all about him. Not what you can do. You're free. You got to pick where you're at. And here in just a minute, the band's going to start coming up. And we're going to take communion. And communion, this is, this is a great, great opportunity to remember. If you've forgotten, this is a great time to remember because this is what communion is, to remember what he did. When we take that bread and we say, this is his body broken for me. He's done it. We take that, we dip it in the juice, say, this is his blood spilled for me. I remember what he did for me. This is what it's all about. If you've forgotten, remember him. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So when you think through your response, do you need to step out more? Do you need to relax and stop doing for a minute and rest in that? What is it for you? The prayer partner is going to come up here in just a minute. Let him pray for you. Ask someone you came with. Say, will you pray for me? I want my life to be that ministry of reconciliation. I want what he did for me to be the ministry, not what I can accomplish or because I'm sitting here not accomplishing anything. How do I just live that out? You ask someone to pray for you, say, Lord, what is it for me? What is it for me? As we continue on in celebration, and then whenever you're ready, I'm going to pray for us. Whenever you're ready, come up, take communion, and remember. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you're in control of this all. And it just seems hard that we're trying to find some sort of balance. And Lord, we don't want to be about balance of just doing enough or not doing enough. Help us to see that you have done it all and you want us to live free. Help that sink deeper in our hearts and and understand what that means so that when we want to respond, we say, Lord, can I, can I? That you would show us, you would show us exactly what that means. If we made it about something else, Lord, forgive us. We're going to lay that at your feet and say, it's yours, God about you and not all the things I've made it to be. You sacrificed everything on the cross for us. Let that love hit us, impact us, so the gratefulness flows. That gratefulness flows out of us and we can be entrusted with that message 
and that other people might know your name because you're evident in our life. Help us to be more open with our sin and what you've taken us out of, the darkness to the light, so more people would know your name. We praise you and ask you. Guide us now.